What's up, great people? This is your host, JV the Great. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode seven of Crypto and Chill. Is this episode seven? Yeah, this is episode seven. Last episode was six, so of course this is episode seven. Anyway, as we get up this morning and check our portfolios and check the charts, you know, we'll see that uh, the market is, is kind of down. It's kind of in the red today. To start today, you say that. But, hope you guys aren't panicking. Hope you guys have diamond hands out there for your, you know, your, your real investments and your portfolios. What you truly believe in has long-term value. So, as we look at the charts, we got a Bitcoin that's right now at $58,800 at the time of speaking. Um, it is, time is it right now? Let me see. It is 847. That's still early. It's 8.47, and we got a Bitcoin that's at, like I said, $58,819 currently. We got an Ethereum just at $4,000. Uh, what else we got? Let me look at the uh, look at all of them. We got a Cardano that's at $2. We got a Solana that's at $190. We got a dollar and two cent XRP. We got a $41 polka dot. Got those coins sitting at 24 cent. We got is Shiba Inu the only one that's in the green to start the day? <laughs> Shiba Inu is a monster. Shiba Inu is a monster. If I was to give, nah, I am. I'm not giving any financial advice. But if someone was to ask, like, hey, Jay, what's this Shiba? What's this Shiba Inu coin that's that's within that's, that's in the crypto space? What's that about? Well, hey man, get in while you can. Not saying it is going to completely moon, but right now it has four zeros in front of it, so it still has. I don't know. It, it may have a lot of upside. It may not. But if it was me, I'm a risky investor. So don't take anything I'm saying, you know, as financial advice. Me personally, I'm only speaking for myself. I throw this. I already done put. I put some in a long time ago. So, but if it was me and I'm just now seeing Shiba Inu and I see it has four zeros in front of it and I hear all the talk about it and the things that they have going on, I'm finna put. You know, I'm gonna put a few dollars in it, man. I'm gonna put a few dollars in it. I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna put a few dollars, a few dollars in it. You know, I start getting hesitant when when those zeros are like around two zeros or something. Then I'd be like, okay, how far can this thing really go? But right now, with it having, you know, four zeros after the decimal, you know, I, 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 I'm, like I said, I'm a risky investor, so I throw a little something in it, you know. But as we go, as we go down the chart, we got a unit swap sitting at $24.71. I forgot we got Terra sitting at $40. Uh, we got an Avalanche sitting at $63. We got Chainlink sitting right under $30. We got a $185. Litecoin, we got Polygon sitting at a dollar seventy-four, and we got Algorand sitting at a dollar and eighty-two cent, and we got the thirteen cent V chain. We got a thirty-four cent Stellar Lumens. We got ICP sitting at forty-two dollars. We got an FTX coin sitting at fifty-eight dollars. Filecoin fifty-six. Uh, Hedera sitting at thirty-seven cent. What else? We got a we got a Quant sitting at two hundred and ninety-five dollars. We got a Harmony One sitting at $0.32. Cent. We got a CeeLo sitting at $6.53. Mm-hmm. 
see what else is going on. We got an XDC in that nine cent, man. I was hearing a lot like, man, we, we, we were seeing a lot of uh, talk about XDC, man. We haven't seen any any price, you know, action. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with XDC. I don't know. I'm going to have to look more into it. But it's been kind of quiet lately, and price hasn't been doing too much of anything. So I wonder what's going on. We got a tail cent at a dollar. I'm not a dollar, but we got a tail cent at, a, at one cent. Um, so let's get to it, man. Um, we got Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase. Even though he has failed to speak on um, the Songbird tokens and the distribution of Songbird to all the XRP holders that participated in the snapshot, uh, we haven't gotten any word from that, but we did get word from Binance. Binance said they will not be participating in the song in the Songbird distribution. They will not be sending out Songbird. But interestingly, they had the biggest uh, claim of the Songbird uh, token out of all the exchanges. They had the biggest uh, claim, which is crazy to me. I should have saved that chart. We definitely could have. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Binance, Binance's Flare claim. I mean, Binance's Songbird claim. And that, I'm pretty, man, I know that pisses a lot of people off. Like, if, I'm pretty sure they knew a long time ago that they, that they weren't going to be participating, weren't going to be participating in the, in the, in the airdrop. So why wait this long? Why wait this long to tell your customers and, and, and everyone that, that you're not going to be uh, participating in it? So yeah, I did. I actually tweeted about it on Twitter, and I just found the tweet to where I responded to someone. And this guy posted a chart about the exchanges that actually claimed Songbird, and you guys wouldn't guess the number of Songbird tokens that Binance claimed. But now they're not going to be distributing it. These guys claim 332 million Songbird tokens. And are not distributing it. Uphold claimed four million, and they are participating in the airdrop. They're distri- distributing their four million songbirds. Are you kidding me? Binance. Let me let me repeat that. Binance had claimed three hundred and thirty-two million songbird tokens. Because you went and when I say claim, for those of you that's not too familiar with you know, the crypto space and you know how it works and whatnot. When an exchange claims something or when a person claims something, they pretty much confirm that the, the snapshot that was taken of the amount of crypto tokens that you held in your account at the time of the snapshot, they're confirming that and say, okay, yeah, I confirmed that I had this and I confirmed that it was me. I'm confirming my amount that I should be receiving. So Binance pretty much confirmed and claimed 332 million songbird tokens they didn't have to claim it but they claimed it they claimed 332 million songbird tokens that's supposed to be airdropped and distributed to all the participants that held xrp on the on the binance exchange they're supposed to give those tokens to xrp holders but they claimed 332 million songbird tokens but they're not going to be distributing it it's crazy right 
But Uphold only claimed four million songbird tokens, and, and it works the same with all exchanges. If you held XRP on Binance, if you held XRP on Uphold, if you held it on Coinbase, if you held it on a cold wallet on your ledger, you can during the snapshot period, which was back in I think December sometime, uh, if you held XRP on any, any exchange during that snapshot period, you know that they're, they're, they're they are supposed to give you that uh they're supposed to airdrop you your songbird tokens along with the flare tokens but uphold only claimed four million in that distribution coinbase claimed 30 million songbird tokens but yet we haven't heard a peep out of them we haven't heard a peep out of them we don't know if, if coinbase is going to follow behind binance or if coinbase being the number one crypto exchange in the world we don't know if they're going to no tech stand and, and distribute it. Um, maybe they will, you know, to 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 follow up on that about Coinbase. We have the own we have the CEO of Coinbase, Brian Armstrong. He has weighed in on the Ripple case. You know, you know they they Coinbase was like one of the first ones and the quickest ones to you know delist XRP. So now, a day ago, Brian Armstrong, you know, actually spoke on the Ripple case. And he included a, an article with it, a fourth article. And this is what he said. The Ripple case seems to be going better than expected. Meanwhile, the SEC is realizing that attacking crypto is politically unpopular because, quote unquote, it harms consumers. He also responded to that with, the irony is that the people they are supposedly protecting are the ones attacking them. Now, I responded to that tweet and I said, it would have been better if you said, quote unquote, the people they're supposedly protecting, they seem to be attacking instead. Why attack someone that's supposed to be protecting you? Because the way he wrote his tweet is the irony is that the people they are supposedly protecting are the ones attacking them doesn't that sound like well to me i can't speak for anyone else but to me it seems like that he's saying that we are now attacking the sec how maybe i'm reading this wrong but you know let me know if if you agree or if you feel you know the same i'm on twitter at jb the great uh he said, I repeat, the irony is that the people, the SEC, are supposedly protecting are the ones attacking them. Maybe I'm reading that wrong. I don't know. Let me read it one more time. The irony is that the people they are supposedly protecting are the ones attacking them. I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like he's saying that us retail investors, the one that the SEC supposedly are protecting, are we are now attacking them. Wrong. I totally disagree. We have never attacked the SEC. We are simply defending ourselves and exposing the SEC for who they really are. You know, we're not putting words in these people's mouths. You know, you know, people like digital asset investor, digital perspectives, uh, crypto area, everyone, everyone that's, that's like presenting all of these new videos and facts, you know, dealing with the SEC, 
that's in the XRP community. Nobody's attacking the SEC. People are just putting to light what the SEC has been doing, you know, over the years. You know, <laughs> the hypocrisy behind giving Ethereum a free pass while suing Ripple. While at the same time saying that Jay Clayton, who Gary Gensler loves to bring up, Jay Clayton said he, almost every ICO is a security. I recently um, shared a video. I put together a little video, you know, with it. And if you see it, man, it, 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 it'll make you laugh. Like, you know, out of, out of all the all the stuff that's going on and, you know, just, just look at the video and, and, and just have a, 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 like, be ready to laugh. You know, don't take it too serious or anything. Just listen to it. And I believe, like, the the average thinking person, when I say the average thinking person, I'm not, you know, degrading anyone. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, the average thinking person. Someone who's not, who, someone who's not too deep into the crypto space. Someone who's just just living life just you know just just living life not even not too much not too much involved with any other politics or the government or the sec or you know any other uh regulators anything like that someone who just just a random person just picks up twitter picks up his phone and look at my video they'll see like something isn't right behind that something isn't right let me play that video for y'all matter of fact and you guys can hear it for yourself all the tokens that we've seen to this point uh, have aspects of securities um, so nothing wrong with that um, and that was a while ago so it's from non-securities I think we've been clear that we don't believe Bitcoin is a security but many of the ICOs that you see and you talk about they are securities and if you're going to offer and sell securities you have to do so in compliance with our laws I think we issued a problem you're saying the way you look at most ICOs they are securities. Correct. Are you planning now to make a clear statement on that? Because there seems to be a lot of confusion about whether anybody is going to get approved or not. Bob, I hope I just did. If it's a security, we're regulating it. And let, let me just, to the current okay. correction, uh, there are a lot of reasons for it. Some people are, you know, they talk a lot about different factors, but one of those is being pinned on how many ICOs that kind of had a lot of hype then either failed or in some cases the ICO happened and then the startup that did the ICO cashed out of their ether. Of course, many of those ICOs are offered on Ethereum as the platform. So does all of that, those sort of negative headlines about ICOs, does it hurt the reputation of what you and Vitalik created? Is it negative for Ethereum or every startup? Ethereum one you could think of as a prototype. It was an impossible project that got built um, and we needed to put out something that we knew wouldn't be scalable. That philosophy and we've seen a lot of these initial coin offerings, ICOs as well. You've been vocal about ICOs being perhaps not kosher, kind of fraudulent. Why is that? Uh, I think that's uh, a slight mischaracterization. Uh, some, some token launches 
uh, are excellent and represent high quality projects. We've been involved in in doing some of those. Uh, is Ether a security? So Bob, I'm not going to comment on specific crypto assets and whether they are a security or not. Is it your view now that the Bitcoin and Ether are not securities? No, I, I, I'm not going to get into any one token, but I think the securities laws are... Come on, man. If you... <laughs> You can catch that video on my Twitter at JB the Great. And if you just if you if you look at that man, you'll just see, man. It's just it's it's crazy. And it like I said, it's just something more something more than what meets the eye is going on with Joe Joseph Lubin and the SEC. Like that that they're are definitely conflicts of interest going on and like DAI always say always says uh, there's a monopoly trying to be formed and they only want to they only want to give Bitcoin and Ethereum that clarity and kind of close the door in the faces of these other great more advanced crypto technologies that are out there there are plenty of them and I, I I really don't think that all these companies want to build their products on Ethereum just to have to uh, kind of transform out of that when it's time to get out of that ERC20 uh, phase so or maybe I could be wrong maybe they like it maybe they find it simple and easy who knows man you know the gas fees and whatnot from a from a consumer standpoint. Nah, that's, that's that's just not it, man. I think the Ripple Ledger, the XRP Ledger is is a way better technology. And you know, like I'm a fan of Ripple. I love Ripple. Invested in Ripple. Um, I just think that's a, a far more better tech than than Ethereum. I mean, these people clearly said that they put Ethereum one out. You know, and it's not even scalable. They had they had to put out a. a pretty much they, they put out an unfinished product and just think about this this unfinished product with ethereum is sitting above four thousand dollars the top two cryptocurrency out is ethereum an unfinished product but yet you have the sec telling uh fox business news that the reason ethereum receive clarity is because it's a finished product but ripple is still building out its product its platform which is why they sued them there because they feel like ripple is using xrp to continue to build out their their platform which is totally incorrect the xrp ledger was finished a long time ago was fully functional a long time ago now as far as the business aspect of ripple know as a business you can never you can never be finished you know building out your business businesses transform all the time they got you got to keep up with the times and when you come up with new ideas for products of course you're going to continue to innovate and continue to expand you can never be completely finished with your business there's always room to grow but far as the actual platform itself the xrp ledger it's fully it's, it's done it's it been done that was done before xrp came to the picture you know what i'm saying but hey you know that this case is really just set it's 
it's perfectly set up for Ripple to win, for XRP to get clarity and to provide clarity for the entire space. It's perfectly set up for that. I can't see Ripple losing this case. Like, I can't see it. It's too much talk around cryptocurrency and banks getting involved. And you know what I'm saying? It's too much. It's too much adoption going on right now. It, like, the mass adoption, adop, uh, adoption hasn't even occurred yet. You know, it's on the way, but it hasn't occurred yet. So it's, I think Ripple is in a good spot. You know, don't don't let the SEC and, and you know, certain news outlets scare you away from XRP and Ripple. You know, this lawsuit is, just think of it as, you know, how artists, you know, they record and they have a, a rollout for their album. And then they do all this, all these radio interviews and they, they do stuff for the media to get attention and everything right before the album drops. Think of this as Ripple's album rollout. Ripple's album rollout and XRP is the album. Right now, they're going through their, you know, media phase. They're, you know, they're being sued. They're in the public eye. They're getting everybody ready and getting all the attention on XRP for when everything is settled. You know, or the, or the judge rules on it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a big deal. It's gonna be a really big deal. It's gonna be a really big deal. Bar my words. But, you know, next topic we got um, FTX. FTX has became a popular crypto exchange. Uh, I, me, I just, I just downloaded it uh, yesterday. Matter of fact, you know, I, I was seeing a lot about it, um, and I was actually watching a um, million dollars worth of game, and um, they had an ad on there, and you know, they uh, they said, "Hey, use our code. We'll give you this this amount." So I used it, but I still haven't received my. Uh, referral I still haven't received that so I'm gonna see what's going on with that but I I see uh, Tom Brady was promoting it or whatnot. but um in the latest news FTX buys Super Bowl ad slot to promote crypto to a TV audience of 92 million people more adoption more adoption Super Bowl is one of the most watched events on TV. You know, they had these big time halftime performances. You never know. You remember <laughs> Y'all remember when uh well I ain't gonna speak too much on but y'all remember when that Janet Jackson and uh Justin Timberlake was on there. You know, he, he, I don't know what happened. If you don't know what happened, just yeah, look back on it. But yeah man, it's a lot of eyes gonna be on the Super Bowl. You know crypto exchanges are, are steady getting these ad pushes man just on my last episode we, we talked about how crypto not crypto we talked about how coinbase secured a uh partnership with the nba the wnba the gb the nba 2k league which is an esports uh branch off of the nba you know so crypto is out there and we also got crypto.com the crypto app you know they have a partnership with the UFC, so you know everywhere, everywhere you look, man, it's gonna be you know crypto, it's gonna, crypto gonna be in your face. And uh, I think the other day, um, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. We got these ATMs going in Walmart, a bunch of Bitcoin ATMs going in Walmart. So let me see if I can pull that up. Um, man, Walmart inside. Here we go. Here we go. Walmart installs 200 Bitcoin ATMs in stores as retail giant launches new crypto pilot program. Walmart and shout out to dailyhodl.com. Walmart 
for this article. Walmart customers can now add crypto to their shopping list as the retail giant has started a pilot program that adds Bitcoin uh, dispensing machines to some of its locations. In collaboration with digital currency exchange platform CoinMe and Coin Cashing Machine Co- and Coin Cashing Machine Company CoinStar, the megastore says that it has released 200 CoinStar kiosks in Walmart's around the nation that dispense BTC. According to Bloomberg's Walmart's pilot program is part of a wider effort by Coinstar to release 8,000 kiosks around country, around the country that customers can use to buy BTC. To use the machines, customers would insert, insert bills and receive a voucher. The buyers would then have to sign up for a CoinMe wallet and pass a background check to redeem the voucher for Bitcoin. The machines charge a 4% fee for Bitcoin purchases along with a 7% cash exchange fee. Man, them fees, but they they always, they gotta find a way to insert some fees in there. The development comes on the heels of Walmart announcing that it was looking for a cryptocurrency product lead to spearhead the company's digital currency strategy in August. However, Walmart, Walmart was subject to a hoax a month later where fake news was spread by prominent media networks saying that the, <laughs> the company was partnering up with the popular peer-to-peer payments network Litecoin. Like I said, man, every every everywhere you look, crypto is gonna be in your face. It's gonna be in your face. It's gonna be in your face, man. And then not only that, we have another topic. We have another topic that's really going to push mass adoption. Because a lot of people in the United States have a bank account. This is the article. Shout out to Cointelegraph.com. U.S. regulators are exploring policy for banks to handle crypto, says FDIC chair. You not know how big that is? I mean, first it started off with banks being on the defense about cryptocurrency. Because cryptocurrency is a disruptor to their whole financial framework. So cryptocurrencies, you know, cryptocurrencies like uh, Ripple, um, XLM, uh, it's another new coin, WTK, that's built on the XDC network. Um, they all are focused on that settlement area of the space. That settlement, that cross-border payments, you know, all that, that, that type of stuff, peer-to-peer. But now, we see the banks are trying to figure out a way to hold crypto so i guess they looking at it like now man this thing is like we can't stop it we got we can't stop it we we sent out our lap dog gary gensler we sent him out we sent out uh uh what's her name uh elizabeth warren uh we sent them out to try to spread some fud but it's not working the community is too big the community is too big. The community stopped the whole infrastructure bill. Put a, put the pause, put you know, put a pause on it. Put the brakes on it. Y'all gotta fix this. Y'all gotta clarify it. We put a pause on that. We called all the the the, the Senate's around in our states. Say, hey man, what y'all putting in that infrastructure bill on crypto is not working. So now we look at it today, 
we got U.S. regulators are exploring policy for banks to handle crypto, says FDIC chair. Banks are trying to hold the same thing that they claim are is a disruptor to their legacy. <laughs> it's funny. Let's get into this article, man. Jelena McWilliams, the chairperson of the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or FDIC, has said the agency is working with other regulators in the United States to explore under what circumstances banks can engage in activities involving crypto assets. In a speech at the Money 2020 Fintech Conference on Monday, McWilliams said the FDIC in coordination, in coordination with the Federal Reserve and the Office of, of the Comptroller of the Currency is looking to provide regulatory clarity for banks handling crypto assets, including stablecoins. Ain't that something? The, the, the whole crypto space has been begging for regulatory clarity for years now. Now all of a sudden the banks want to step in and look for regulatory clarity. Only for the banks. So, I wonder, is this going to come, like, is this going to come with what makes a crypto asset a security and a non-security? Because we got these, we have bills already that's, that's just sitting there, waiting, waiting to go through the house, waiting on votes from Congress. No, we have we have bills there. The Taxonomy Act, the the uh, uh, what's the other one? Um, I think Warren Davis Davison. Um, the, we got the Taxonomy Act. We got uh, Hester Pierce's Hester um, Safe Harbor 2.0. We got the Clarity for Security Assets. I think that's the name of it. I mean, we the bills are there. They just have to put it in motion. And I believe once it gets in motion, it's, it's going to get the votes ASAP because the whole world is talking about crypto assets. The whole world is talking about cryptocurrency. You know. So let's get back into it, man. The chair, the chairperson said the FDIC plans to issue a series of policy statements in the coming months on guidance for banks. According to McWilliams, stable coins have many potential benefits to consumers such as faster, cheaper, and more efficient payments. However, she claimed that if one or more were to become a dominant form of payment in the United States or globally, there could be significant effects on the country's financial stability with funds no longer being held in insured banks. In order to realize the potential benefits stablecoins have to offer while accounting for potential risk, stablecoins should be subject to well-tailored government oversight said the FDIC chairperson. Their oversight should rest on the foundation that stable coins issued from outside the banking sector are truly backed one by one by safe, highly liquid assets. McWilliams' remarks came the same day Bloomberg reported that many U.S. regulators had agreed on the Securities and Exchange Commission leading the nation's efforts to, lo- to regulate stable coins. The Department of the, of the Treasury said in July it was exploring the creation of, of a type of banking charter for stablecoin stable issuers. The seeming lack of regulatory clarity concern, concerning digital assets in the United States has been an issue for many firms fearing, re, fear, 
Many firms fearing legal action or other forms of government backlash. Some lawmakers have put forward legislation for U.S. regulators to work with participants in the crypto space to better define what's expected of them. Now, now that you have the banks saying that there is no regulatory clarity, we should really expect Gary Gensler and the SEC to act. We should expect Congress to act. We should expect the president to act. Because the banks, when it comes down to money and the funds of the United States, that's when you get their attention. When all the major players, all the banks are trying to get get involved with the, with a space, and particularly the, the 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 crypto space, now they need some clarity because they are ready to hold these crypto assets because they want customers to to continue to to uh, work with them and to keep their accounts open and to not lose faith in banks because they're not keeping up with the times. Now that they are saying that they need regulatory clarity, oh, you can definitely expect for some regulatory clarity to come from this. You can, it's coming. So sooner rather than later, it's coming. You know, at first, you just had, uh, I guess the government looked at it like, oh, it's just a group of people, uh, these scammers and, and money launderers and whatnot within this little crypto space before it got up to $2 trillion. Oh, we they looking at us like all oh, these little people in this crypto uh, paying no mind. It's gonna it's gonna disappear. It's gonna go away. Just don't pay no mind now. Instead of climbing the charts, Bitcoin is breaking all time highs. ETFs, new ETFs are getting approved. I think or well, a new one got approved today. Now that 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 uh that marketplace is that market is the whole the entire market is is rising. It's, it's at two trillion dollars. Now banks want to get their hands on it. The U.S. government has to provide regulatory clarity. And if Gary Gensler can't provide that, they need to get him, they need to remove him out of out of that chair, out of that chairman position and put somebody there that is forward thinking and not trying to look out for their bank buddies. Sorry, y'all. I just got to look at it way, man. I just, <laughs> it just, that just, that just struck a nerve. Like, Gary Gensler is really sitting in his in that in that position, that chairman, that 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 chairman position, and lying to even Congress when they they ask him what it. There's no clarity. They tell there's no clarity. What makes a digital asset a security and a non-security? Well, and here here's here's Gary Gensler's answer every single time. Well, I think the rules are quite clear. Uh, you have you have the Howie test and you have the Reeves test and Congress painted a broad brush of what makes a security and even a note of a uh, third third good marshal whatever his name is had a had a a, a, a a rule that that outlines what makes a note and then what makes us this what makes a security what, what makes a note of security or non-security so he loves to refer to this Howie test and this Reeves test and gives you and give you the definition of the Howie test and the Reeves test but he can't give you the definition of what makes a digital asset a security and a non-security 
those rules and laws are 80 years old, man. This new technology, like the blockchain isn't new, but these cryptocurrency assets, man, you you gotta you gotta you gotta tell us what these are, man. You gotta you gotta come up with a framework. You can't put these digital assets inside of an 80-year-old framework. You just can't do it. You can't do it. I mean, yeah, the whole when you're funding a product and you're asking a crowd asking for a crowd fund and you're holding a fundraiser and you're having an ICO, which is very similar to an IPO in the stock market. When you're having an ICO, of course, that makes it a security from that point. But once they get that platform fully developed and decentralized, and now you have these crypto assets that are now used on this platform to purchase goods or to, to engage in the activities on the platform, how do you look at those assets now? Like it has to be clear regulations and rules, man. It has to be. It has to be. It just has to be. And we also have an article on, on Ethereum 2.0. You know, we've been waiting on Ethereum 2.0 for a while now. Ethereum 2.0 inches closer. And this is also, you know, shout out to Cointelegraph.com. Ethereum 2.0 inches closer and inches closer with the up with the beacon chain's Altair upgrade. The price of Ether nearly hit a new all-time high on October 29th before uh, falling below 4,000 after the 435 million options expiry on October 22nd soared the move. The Ethereum network is set to take another step forward. Ethereum no. The Ethereum network is set to take another step toward Ethereum 2.0 on October 27th. With the Altai or upgrade to Beacon Chain. Ether 2 will be an entirely proof-of-stake network for which the community has been gearing up for for over a year now. As per an Ethereum Foundation blog post explaining the development, Altair is an update to the Beacon Chain that brings support for light clients, pre-validator, inactivity leak accounting, a rise in slashing severity, and cleanup to validated rewards allowing for simplified stated management. This is the first scheduled upgrade to the Beacon Chain. The blog, the blog post states that this up this update represents a warm upgrade upgrade for the Beacon Chain and its associated clients. Essentially, the update will bring several main features to the Ethereum 2.0 network. First, the introduction of sync committees for light client functions allows light clients to easily sync up the header chain with no uh, computational computational and data calls. Wow, I can't talk this morning. Every morning, it's it's something that's going to tie my tongue up. Second, the... (laughs) Second, the incentive accounting reforms bring three main changes. Storing actions use a more efficient bit field format that reduces complexity, the inactivity elite quadrant-based per validator instead of globally, which is insignificant for validators that participate more than 80% of the time. And and there are some bug fixes in the reward account. Du Jun, co-founder of crypto exchange Huabi Global, told Cointelegraph pre-Altair, if a chain stops finalizing for two weeks, fully inactive validators 
lose 11.8% of their balance and validators active 75% of the time lose 3.1%. Post Altair, the fully inactive validators loss would be 15.4%, but the 75% active validators loss would only be 0.3%. This will make the inactivity leap more forgiving to honest but irregular but irregular validators. Third, the update brings changes in penalty perimeters that make inactivity leaks and slashing more punitive than in the pre-Altair era. There will be three main changes to these perimeters. The inactivity penalty, penalty quotient is reduced by 25%, which reduces the time it takes for balances to leak by nearly 13.4%. The minimum slashing uh, quotient is decreased from 128 to 64 the quotient being the minimum fraction of the total balance that is slashed, validators will lose. This puts the minimum slashing penalty at 0.5 ETH, double the previous penalty of 0.25 ETH. So, I know that probably kind of went over a lot of y'all head, but, you know, looks like Ethereum is, is you know, finally getting ready to, uh, getting ready to upgrade, man. You know, and, and, and that's, it's good, you know. Much, uh, much respect. Ah, I, w- I wish Ethereum much success, but at the same time, man, the way that they got this free pass and had the ICO and totally fooled all the regulators, man, it's 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 pitiful to see this this ripple case go on. It truly is, man. But it truly is. It truly is. But what's next on the list? Uh, let's see, man. It's getting close to the end of the show, so let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. We got a uh, helium partners with Dish Network. Helium partners with Dish Network to expand its crypto-based distributed 5G platform. The ultimate goal of any cryptocurrency project is to achieve widespread adoption by offering a use case that offers real-world value that can be applied in every home across the globe. Thanks to its user-run wireless network, Helium, a 5G Internet of Things, focused project made a significant stride towards greater adoption as it revealed a new partnership with Dish Network on October 26th yesterday. Wow. Helium 5G National new partnership with Dish Network. Wow. Hmm. According to the announcement, the partnership will offer Dish Network subscribers the opportunity to run Helium nodes and earn uh, HNT tokens rewards for sharing their 5G wireless service with those in their area. Wow, that's major. That is major. So you'll be like, wow, that's like if you're able to share a wireless a wireless service from, let's just say, your home or your office, it's like you become a tower. You you become the network. And while you're sharing this data, you are earning rewards it's like you're getting paid to share your data wow this marks the first major carrier to integrate the helium 5g network into its ecosystem 
and is a significant sign of validation for the project and its technology. In comments with Decrypt Media, Helium uh, COO Frank Mong elaborated on the partnership and what it means for the future of Helium Network. Mong said, Dish understands the potential blockchain can have on the wireless industry and as the first major carrier to join the People's Network, this partnership is real validation that, that the HNT and Senator model is a powerful tool for, for deploying infrastructure at scale. Together with Dish and Freedom 5, Helium 5G will have a much broader reach where the, where the, the customer benefits from the flywheel of network incentives and applications it enables. Wow. The Dish Network partnership is, is the latest in a busy year of growth for the Helium Network, which now has more than 256,000 individual nodes around the world, operated by 93,561 users. That's dope, man. That's dope. It's really dope. That's really dope, man. And on that note, which is a good note, um, I saw one more, but one more talking point. But uh, uh, I want to get into it. Um, uh, We got one more. Let's let's check out this from pushback on Facebook's digital wallet to our iris scanning for free coin. Six things that happened in crypto this past week. The top cryptocurrency about market, blah 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 blah. Well, Facebook and DM are still facing problems. How to digital currency project, but rather than use DM, Facebook announced their plans to use a stable coin called the Pesos Dollar. Novi will let users send and receive money using the package of the coin basically. Well, that's it, man. We're coming to a close on this episode. Once again, this is your host, David Great. I thank you all for tuning in, man, to episode seven. Oh, you know, yeah, this is episode seven. Yeah, it's episode seven. <laughs> but thank you for tuning in, man. Stay subscribed. Follow me on, on Twitter at David Great. You know, if there's any topics you want me to cover, like I said, I record, I try to record every Wednesday, try to have a new episode out for you guys. But uh, on that note, man, I'm out. You guys stay blessed. Stay safe out there, man. And stay positive. I'm out. <laughs>